Hello, everybody. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. I have a guest today. It has to do with food is one of our topics, and we know everybody has to eat. So welcome to the show, Amy Fox. Thank you so much. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. I I did the research. You know, I looked over the materials to get to know you, and I came into this conversation thinking one thing, and I was really happy to learn a little more about you before hitting the record button. So for my recovery audience, I want to give Amy a big shout out. She is in the, the final stages. Well, how about I let you share um, what you're, what's happening with you. Cause it's pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, my perspective, if I'm not learning, I'm not living. I love to take on challenges and, uh, just keep learning and, and, um, changing and evolving. And so over the past, um, several years I've owned a business and sold it. And just now I'm in a, I had this opportunity to do what I've been passionate about for decades. So I um, started a business called the Food and Mood Lab about a year ago, and I earned my master's in nutrition, and I'm a certified functional food professional. And along the way, I um, just started to really understand the importance of, um, I should say not really the importance, but just understanding the impact of alcohol on me personally. I've always been someone who um, just really strives to want um, to have a joy-filled life and physically feel good as, as well as emotionally and mentally. And um, just as the years went on, I um, I just learned that I needed to break up with wine. And so <laughs> um, I, I have actually rooms dedicated in my house to wine. But um, no, I just, in all seriousness, I as I started to get my arms around what impact nutrition has on our mental health, um, I, you couldn't help read about alcohol and the negative impacts it has on so many aspects of our body. And just along the way, I started to do some research. And um, about nine months ago, I started the process to become a certified alcohol coach. Um, uh, alcohol, we, we can call it whatever we want, but it's um, really around just understanding and getting curious about alcohol and learning the strategies to um, reconsider your relationship with alcohol. So I'm about ready to um, get my certification in this Naked Mind Institute. So I'm excited to be uh, to just kind of add that to the portfolio because um, it's really, really interesting when I talk to people about um, why they want to get healthier, what their habits are, how they're living their lives. You know, we end up having these conversations about how they're coping with stress or coping with the feeling of being overwhelmed or just the stressors in their life. And whether it's food or you fill in the blank, it could be really any vice we have, social media. Um, but, you know, these are ways we use to cope um, because for most people, like we're all feeling some degree of stress and some more than others. So, um, yeah, this is uh, it's been a really exciting journey and I'm excited to just do what I can to help people. Well, I'm excited for you. And it's got to be an honor to work in Annie's thing. I asked her to be on the the show and she's super busy. So her yes. movement is flourishing and I'm so excited for her. Um, yeah. And what you see is what you get with Annie. I mean, we've had this um, becoming a coach. I've had the opportunity to get access to her in a different way than other people can. And she's just, uh, it, what you see is what you get. She's a hundred percent genuine and 
um, just really, really invested in us as coaches. So it's been an awesome opportunity to get to know her as well as um, my group of, of aspiring coaches as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. She's impacted my life. Like I, people ask me, I did not intentionally quit drinking when I went to rehab. It was, uh, people asked me if it was for drinking or gambling, but it was for gambling at the time. But her, the question I ask myself is like, what is my reason to drink? Mm -hmm. And I've used that line on myself and I've recommended the book and it's changed people's lives. So I just have to give that some acknowledgement because that's awesome. Yeah. Well, the whole, the whole, the, the core of that, of her methodology and just all of the tools and tactics. It could really be used for anything in your life, wherever you have a snack, wherever you feel like you're not living at your best self. So that's what I love about it. And that's why, you know, for me, I can apply it to helping people who, again, might have a an issue just saying no to donuts and sweets or whatever it might be. But there's there's some similarities. There's a common thread there for sure. Well, and you bring up a good point. And again, I look at things through my lens and I want to dive into this nutritional stuff. And, and you just mentioned donuts and I have a killer sweet tooth. Half my social media is probably desserts because I believe in dessert first. I want my sweets. Um, and I believe it's ramped up since I quit alcohol. Interestingly uh-huh. enough, um, you probably know the science behind that. And it is all mental health related, which is what makes you being a guest so attractive, right? Because you understand how nutrition impacts our our body and our mm-hmm. mind, right? So as entrepreneurs, as human beings, and as people in recovery, this is very important stuff. So I'm going to have you start us off where you want to start us off instead of me being leading, but I may, I may pop in with some questions, but you have a very important mission. So I want you to set the stage, please. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, you know, I, I believe that you definitely are what you eat and, um, how you show up in the world and the choices that you make about nutrition really impacts how you show up in all aspects of your life. So whether that's um, performance or if you're an athlete or if you're at work or you're a mother. And so, I mean, it, it, it really impacts all sort of dimensions of, of yourself. And so I'm really a big believer in that. And I believe that uh, we are living in a, at a time in a world where it's just, we're overwhelmed by information, mm-hmm. by um, misinformation and unfortunately, I think that most people believe that there is a, there has to be a thing, like a, a, a special hack that there's out there, the secret to, to it all and how you can become healthy, how you can become X, because it could be losing weight. It could, whatever your desire is and what you want to change. Um, but I believe that, um, I'm, I'm really anti diet culture because I believe that, um, it really can lead down a very negative path of guilt and shame. It's sort of the cycle that most of us set ourselves up with. If we catch on to that, that diet again, it could be keto, it could be paleo, it could be the, I just wrote an article about the milk and banana diet. I mean, you name it, there's, there's a, there's a shtick out there that people think that it, they've got this answer. And unfortunately it doesn't stick. And then they end up feeling really, um, they feel guilty. They feel shame that they couldn't stick with something. And then unfortunately that creates a situation where 
people lose time and they sit. And sometimes you can be in that space where you're just like, oh, it didn't work. I'm just going to throw in the towel. Like some people it's days, some people it's years. And so my mission is to help educate people on what smart, practical, healthy habits they should try and um, help to just uh, inspire and to provide really, again, very user-friendly and practical strategies and just take the, take the complexity out of it. And so I've been doing that by um, having conversations with people like you. Um, I get out there, I blog, I video, and just provide really, hopefully, some different ways to look at it. And so that's that's really what my mission is. And um, I was inspired to kind of go down this path. I've been studying this informally for decades. Uh, my mother was a type 1 diabetic, and she passed about two years ago. And she um, never really understood nutrition. She didn't come from that generation where everything, you know, just was overwhelming to think about counting carbs or doing this or that. And, um, but she, she's always confused about it. And that stuck with me. I felt like I couldn't really help her. She was really confused. So she's definitely the source of my inspiration. Um, and, uh, I just, you know, I, I, if I can help one person, it'll, you know, I feel like it's a good thing. I'll tell you in my case, mom's a diabetic. Even if you have the information, they only digest it if they want it. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, there is a, there is a, to me, it's a combination. I always talk about how I can help people being sort of this intersection of nutrition, mindset, and movement. I mm. think, you know, trying to appeal to, you know, one of those levers is one sometimes bleeds into the next. Uh, and so I, I try to think, think about it from a holistic perspective. So what you'd find, um, uh, in my social media content or anything that's out there is just a combination of it all. Cause you just can't help, uh, talk, get, talk about a few areas like that that can potentially help someone become healthier. Well, I think it's all related. Like how you said the alcohol, right? If that's something that you're putting in the body, it contributes to nutrition or lack of nutrition, however we frame it. Um, oh, yeah. so yeah, it I mean, makes laughing because I think when I think about, so for me, I could eat, if I had, if when I used to make the decision to have wine, I may not have even had my glass of wine. Um, and it was, it's never one glass because alcohol is such an addictive substance. Um, but I would just make the decision and my mindset changed about eating. So there's no coincidence that I would have unhealthy, I make unhealthy choices or open the big bag of pretzels or, you know, do like there it's, it's all related and then wake up the next day feeling like crap. Um, so it's, it's all, you know, there's, there's the mental, there's the nutrition aspect. Um, and so, and there, you know, and yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, I'm glad that you answered. I, I had written down to ask you what prompted you to do this. So thank you for sharing the story about your mom. And I'm sorry that you lost her. Um, that's obviously very hard. Uh, yeah. but I'm glad that you are sharing your knowledge and wisdom with the world and showing up. So I really appreciate you, you doing that. Yeah, she'd uh, be, it was just her birthday. I know she's looking down and just saying, you go girl. So <laughs> she was my biggest fan. And yeah. you know, here's the funny thing. Uh, I just thought I would share this because it kind of ties to this whole kind of idea around food and your, and your mental health. But the irony is when I was in high school, I, my freshman year in high school, 
Um, it's not like I was healthy growing up. I was just following, I wasn't unhealthy. I was just doing whatever, whatever, you know, mom put on the table or whatever food we had. But when I was a freshman in high school, I literally almost got kicked out of school because I skipped PE class so much. Like I, I hated the idea of doing anything remotely healthy. Uh, it, the, the juxtaposition <laughs> is I'm actually like an endurance athlete now. So, but my freshman year, um, I, my gym teacher said it, look, if you don't come today, I'm going to send you to the Dean and you're going to be up for dismissal. And so the funny thing is I just, as I started to get a little movement in my life, um, I started to gain confidence. I probably was 14 or 15. And at that time, you know, we're, you know, a lot of things going on in life. I'm sure I was just changing and feeling uh, different in my body, but it was, um, I just remember starting to get a little bit more confidence and that led to sort of experimenting in the gym. And that led to me asking questions about what I was eating. And so, um, I look back at that now and I'm like, wow, what a, what a interesting journey. Just now that I'm so passionate about it, I'm like, I'm, I've got a business dedicated to it. And I, I'm, it's, I've come a long way. I've come full circle from, from the years ago because I'm long time from being 15. But uh, I just think back and I'm like, gosh, I can't believe that I hated, I hated anything to do with healthy at the time. That's, that is pretty ironic. And you triggered something in my head. I went, I went back to high school in my mind, which shame on me because I try to be fully present with my guests, but you took me back to the things we learned in health. And one of them was the food pyramid. So yeah. I wonder, did you learn the food period pyramid? I don't remember when, um, but I, it, yes. I mean, I, it's hard as just as Americans, uh, uh, it's hard to not know what that is for sure. But yeah. Okay. Do you mind like giving us some contrast to what I learned maybe 35, 40 years ago to where we are today? Is that, is that a too broad of a yeah, question? Well, I don't know that it's necessary to broad because it's very controversial right now. If you were to go talk about like the, the, um, American, um, the healthy food guidelines that are out there now, they just keep changing and evolving and they're, they are very different when we went in college. I mean, that was in the nineties for me, <laughs> actually it was late eighties for me. So, uh, quite a while, quite a long time ago. And, you know, it, there was a push, um, around that time in this research or so they thought that really justified a movement away from saturated fats and the low fat boom and um, really buying anything that you have with a label on it that was low fat. And now, um, you know, there's really more of a, I think, acceptance to having foods that are higher in protein or incorporating more protein in your diet and having I think a, a lot more balance to it. But I also think that like we were talking about earlier, and there's just a lot of confusion because you've got the plant-based movement and that creates some, some conversation around, should we even be eating animal meats? You've got paleo, you've got the carnivore, you've got the keto, which is, you know, fats are okay. So I know I'm not really answering your question, but it's, it, it's, it's, it's making me, um, it just, it underscores to me the importance of finding people or having opportunities to just help people understand what choices are best for them, because there really isn't one right diet. There isn't. It's, it, it's the best diet is one that you can stick to. And um, having, you know, I think the other underlying um, premise or like a foundational thread that listeners might 
find value in is having um, protein in your diet is very, very important to longevity. It keeps the muscles on our body. It helps to keep our blood sugar stable. So there's a tremendous amount of benefit for people at all ages. When you're young, working out, it helps with muscle, muscle repair. Um, I think anyone, even my own children, I have three teens and I have one of my sons has ADHD and making sure that he is fueled right. So he doesn't have energy crashes. All is about the combination of foods, but protein being one of those. So I know we've t- we're kind of digressing a little bit, but um, hopefully that's been helpful. It, it is. And you're right. And as you were talking about that, about the different diet types, it would make sense to me that there's not one that would fit everyone because everyone has a different body, right? Yeah. And everyone has different um, health, may have different health issues too. There are some people who um, might deal with high blood pressure or have um, certain conditions that might mean that they have to pay attention to salt or sodium in the diet. If you've got diabetes, it's really about, again, the balance of having the right carbs and having the right proteins so you keep your blood sugar stable. So absolutely, it's completely individualized. And just there's so many factors that go into it that aside from medical issues, again, like if it's a diet that is not sustainable, if it's too restrictive, if um, it is not something that's easily accessible for you. Um, sometimes there's these diets and, or even recipes. You'll look on the internet and you'll say, oh, that looks so good. And then you peel it back and you've got these random spices or herbs or ingredients. You got to get only from Amazon. That's not going to last. You got to be able to walk out the door and buy it at an affordable price. Mm. So to me, it's about understanding what the ind- individual's goals are, their needs, and their environment and just understand like, how do we make this work and just break it down. So there are simple, easy strategies that fit in your lifestyle. Like I'm coaching a couple of women right now and um, it'd be great if they could have food that was made at home, if they could have um, coolers packed, they're on the road they work and then they're driving their kids around after school or going to baseball games. And the reality of it is it's too difficult to think that they can do all this meal prep. And so that's okay. It still means you have control over what you eat and you can make healthy choices, but we just have to look at it from the lens of that person and their individual, their lifestyle and their individual needs. Questions keep popping up for me. So I agree with you. I love, I love that you address it on the individual's schedule and environment too. That's important. How do you, all right. So my rule about learning for me is I I can have an opinion today, but it may change because I'm always learning. Um, So I don't want to put you on the spot. And if my questions that make you uncomfortable, you have the complete right to shut me down. Um, But can you tell me how you feel like when you were talking about those women, how do you feel about all this, uh, door to door, like pre-done meals mm-hmm. uh, that show up on in those mail catalog kind of things. Do you do you have an opinion on them? On so I do, and I'm going to straddle the line because I have to just my own personal preference is not to do that because I don't think that that's sustainable. 
However, and when I say sustainable, I just think there's going to be situations when you're at a party, you go out, you don't have those. So it's all about getting education and getting at the behavior. Um, and so, so I think it's a combination of both. So understanding how to make good choices on your own, not having them ordered, um, and, um, understanding like just behavior about that. Like you were talking about, um, you love, did you say you love your donuts? Was it donuts or cookies? Well, dessert in general, just dessert. Yeah. Well, I'm a big believer that you should have dessert. You should absolutely have dessert. Uh, you don't need to have dessert, uh, every single day, although piece of dark chocolate or a little bit here, but it's all about, it, this is nothing new, but it's all about 80, 20, 90, 10. And the more you restrict yourself, the more likely you are again to not stick to it and binge. So, um, that's what I mean about it being education on choices I, I need to eat when I'm, when I don't have the pre, the prepackaged meal and then understanding those behavior the behavior and developing healthy habits can so I can stay consistent with um those choices. So I I I do realize though that for some people that if they're gonna order those types of foods and that is the simplest, easiest way and they have the means to do that, that's the path to eating healthy, that's a heck of a lot better than uh eating badly. So it just might work. But I always, I always question, you know, what happens when the order is late or you, there's a gap? I mean, do you, do you have the scaffolding, the scaffolding to really change uh, from the inside out? And like, so it seems a little bit surface to me, but I also realize again, like that's, if that's a simple strategy and that keeps people eating healthy, you know, go for it. Um, as long as you understand there's a, there's a, this, a process of learning so that, ultimately long-term, you understand what does it mean for me to be healthy when I don't have to lean on um, a service to provide those meals for me. That makes perfect sense. Can you tell me a little about, you keep referring to eating healthy, right? So I would love for you to do two things for me. One, define what that looks like through your lens of all this education. And then two, if you can share with us maybe eggs are what, $8 a dozen or like the world is crazy right now. Um, Do you have any uh, feedback on how to eat healthy and be able to afford to, quite frankly? I know. I know. I I think, and I I do think there's a bit of a stigma around that, that you can't, like it's, it's too expensive to eat healthy, but I do have some tricks or sort of some ideas around that. But to me, eating healthy is about balance. And what I mean by balance is, we're having a balance of your macronutrients of protein, carbs, and healthy fats. If you were to look at a plate, the plate would have probably half of it vegetables. A quarter of it would be um, some sort of starch. Um, and then it would also be, there'd be some lean protein. So that's not, again, not anything new. Sometimes I have to boil it down to the simplest premise, like healthy eating in the simplest format to me is ditching the bag, like ditching bagged and processed foods. If you're one, per, if you can take it, one, if you can make it 1% better or get better at that and like drop those things as snacks and meals, to me, that's a step in the right direction to being healthy because it's those foods in general that are really making us sick. Um, the fast foods, the processed foods. So 
That's one end of the spectrum. Simplest way to think about healthy, do less of that. The other side of the spectrum is taking a look at your plate. You know, do, do you have that? Is half of it are the a variety of vegetables? And do you have some starches like rice or potatoes? Um, and then do you have some lean protein? So you can get sort of educated and get over here on the spectrum. Or if it's just, hey, what do I do today, right now, for the next healthy choice? Choose an apple instead of a bag of chips. Ditch the soda and go for a glass of water. I mean, it's as simple as that. And though, and the consistency of small little changes like that um, will add years onto your life. Trust me, it will add years onto your life. Uh, so it's not, I, I am not, I have the science um, behind me with the degrees and the certifications, but I only know how to talk about things and simple approaches because I'm trying to convince my kids <laughs> and my husband and they only have so so much tolerance for me to get into the into the details. So I love to just keep it keep it simple, stupid. Uh, just break it down to the basic components because I think I think that's also why we have such the epidemic that we do now of our country being so sick. And um, you know, it's it's about to me people think that they have to go all in on the diet, and that prevents them. It feels like climbing a mountain. That feels like it's too long of a stretch, too big of a change. When the impact of those small choices every day would be much more meaningful than the two, three weeks on the big diet. So I just come from that school of thought that that's more impactful and there's more benefit to that uh, than doing the big thing, the big change. So um, that's how I would define healthy. And then you had a second question, right? It had to do with uh, affordability or making the dollar stretch when it comes to eating healthy. So, um, you know, it, it, it's all, it's as healthy to eat frozen vegetables and even canned vegetables, uh, believe it or not, frozen in in particular. So I think in finding ways to incorporate more vegetables is really the surefire way to start a great habit to be thinking about for so many so many reasons, the um, polyphenols and the antioxidants in those vegetables have been shown to um, help fight um, the symptoms of many diseases, help just help you, to, help you to make it feel better. And so you don't have to go buy organic. You don't. You can go to your frozen food aisle. And nowadays, you can get almost anything that's been um, frozen without the seasonings and the butter. You can find frozen vegetables. And those are um, packed right after they're picked. Um, frozen and packed after they're picked. So the nutrients are actually preserved better that way than the time from transit from like wherever they are in the world or the country in the truck onto the, you know, into the grocery store. So um, frozen is a, is a great option to think about ways to buy vegetables in affordable, an affordable way. And, you know, canned vegetables would be like second to that. I mean, there's, you can buy canned, you know, green beans or, you know, other vegetables like that. So so you got to think about those as options. Um, That's uh, almost as good, if not as good as eating fresh. And then um, getting, you know, when you're driving around your local town and thinking about like if you're driving by the farmer's market or the farmer's stand, sometimes those are great ways to buy vegetables more affordably or on the end cap of um, the vegetable section. And then, you know, just not paying close attention to how you get those proteins, um, 
uh, and what's on sale at your local grocery store. I think any, you know, boneless, skinless chickens, as an example, or leaner cuts of beef uh, can be just fine. You just want to make sure that those, the chicken um, is not injected with saline. It, and it says that. So there's some things that sometimes the cheaper brands might do to look, make the proteins look a little bit more plump. Um, but it's just being, being smart and looking at your grocery uh, flyer and seeing when can I really stock up and freeze that stuff and have it on hand. Love it. It's possible. I, I have two more big topics that I want to get into. So I'm going to bounce a little bit, but sure. we talk about eating healthy um, and, and mental health. Like we, we talk about physical health, but how does eating say processed food or what does it look like that food makes our brain not feel good or how does it impact our mental health? Yeah. So there's been a lot of research done over the past uh, several years and I mean, even a decade, but just recently there's more and more um, research uh, studies that have been published that are just enlightening us on the mechanisms, like the actual functions of our body and um, what we're learning about that. So it's not completely understood, but the two, the kind of the two ideas or theories are that, um, one, like mentally, when you have, when you're eating foods that are, um, that, that make your blood sugars spike. So the donuts, the, um, the big poles of pasta. I mean, you think about when we go out to dinner, we're, we're usually served with enormous portions or again, anything that's just heavy on the fats and carbs. What happens is that our blood sugar goes up and we like temporarily feel good. We get a spike in energy. But that doesn't last and we have a, a big crash down. So that makes us feel that impacts our blood sugars and starts to make us feel unhealthy, tired, lethargic, that foggy brain. So it, we know for sure that when you're eating foods that are um, not good for you, generally like the heavily fried foods and processed foods, as well as foods that are have a lot of sugar and or carbs, that that's one way that um, it can impact your your mental health and how you feel. Um, the other like other mechanism is how it impacts your gut, the gut mi- microbiota, your gut microbiome. That's really where all the the, the um, good and bad bugs are that are like the army that's fighting disease and out there making sure that you stay healthy. And about 90% of the serotonin, that's like the feel-good hormone, actually comes from your gut. And so as you're processing these foods that are have unhealthy qualities, um, it, it ends up sometimes leaking out of your gut and getting into your system. And then it, it can potentially like pass through the blood-brain barrier. And so... Um, so that, that's where there's a lot of really new research that's coming to light about how um, foods that, again, that are highly processed might start impacting um, symptoms of depression and anxiety. Um, so it's really exciting. It's a really exciting frontier, all this like really cool science. But it, so there's two schools of thinking. Is it how is it impacting your gut and what does the gut have to do with how we feel? And we know that um, the gut has a lot to do with how we feel because when we're eating good, we start to produce those feel good hormones. And when we're eating badly, we're not. And other negative things are happening to our system that leak out 
and can impact our brain. And then there's, of course, the blood sugar and finding ways to have foods that give you energy, but keep it stable versus um, spiking and then crashing. How'd I do? Is that, uh, well, does you, that just, again? you just gave me some clarity because like, I know that processed foods aren't good for me. Like I know that. And I also know that I can't, um, they don't, they're not even enjoyable anymore after a while. Like you just don't want them once they, like I haven't eaten McDonald's in years. Um, but anyway, like even like box macaroni and cheese, for example, like all those pasteurized this and blah, 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 that. But as you were talking about the gut, I was visualizing things with the chemicals and the names that we don't know how to pronounce. When you talk about it getting out of our belly and going into our bloodstream, like we're literally putting these chemicals all over our our bodies. And the other thought I had was our bodies weren't made to process all this stuff. Some of the oils and like, there's a lot of controversy right now around seed oil. So so I won't go there because it's there, but it's fascinating. So you just trigger that thinking. I mean, seed oil was made in the industrial era and it's literally made in factories. It isn't meant, it was meant uh, to actually help machinery function better. But now Mm -hmm. you find it in a lot of the foods. If you were to look, I just challenge in your listeners next time you go to have anything look at the back of that label and i would bet you that seven out of ten times you're going to find find some sort of seed oil like a canola a cotton a soybean and um the consumption of those oils has so drastically increased and there's some new it's not new research, it's research that was looked at again, but um, there's some pretty scary stuff about what happens if we're heating and cooking with those types of oils and what it does to the LDL, um, to the compounds in our body, and it potentially causing real harm, like cancer and other things. So that's on the real extreme side of what we're talking about. Um, But when you look at anything that's processed, there's generally chemicals and other um, components in those foods so they can last on the shelf. And um, that alone, like, has got to make us wonder. We're putting that in, into our bodies. Um, so, or to make things a certain color <laughs> or yeah. the flavor. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, and that's why I think if we simplify it, I like to just think, go, going back to what I said about trying to ditch the bag. And think about, and also I should say the bottle, and I don't not necessarily referring to alcohol, but like sodas and beverages, even the diet ones and the sugary ones for sure is, you know, they're so jam-packed full of sugar that, um, and the fake sugars aren't as good for us. So just thinking about those choices, it, it, if we as, as individuals just started making those choices, at like meal by meal, a little less, maybe a few, like, less bagged chips or the let, uh, water instead of soda, those small choices on a consistent basis are really what will be the, in my opinion, the game changer of, of your health and longevity. That's yes. I like that. I I've heard a little about the oils and I've wondered there's these really yummy, like vegetable something like potato chips, but they're not potato chips. And it baffles me. 
like they're supposed to be healthy, right? Like that's the vegetable alternative to potato chips, but they're still made with the shitty oils instead of using. I'm like, why doesn't somebody invent making these with olive oil or avocado oil? Like, yeah, it's because, it be, it's because it's so, it's, it's not as cheap. It's, I mean, the seed oils are so much less expensive than the extra virgin olive oil uh, or the avocado oil. So it all comes down to money. Yeah. It's really what it comes to, as well as like shelf stability too. Um, and, you know, the other aspect about, about those types of choices is that, you know, when I eat something, I have my moments of weakness. Like I did last night, I had to have a bag of, I had to have something salty, so I had some baked lays and yeah, it was great. But I'm like, you know, that, that nipped it in the bud. Again, it's not long as it's not like a all the time, crazy time, but you know, when you're making those choices about, do I have the veggie straws over an apple or even, I don't know, cheese and nuts, a calorie isn't a calorie. Like you're going to feel, it might technically be, but when you um, have that bag of veggie straws, there's such little fiber in those. I mean, cause it really is, they're puffed up fried vegetables. Um, but there's so few <laughs> in that one serving. If you were to compare the fiber and just the healthy fats you get with a, let's say a, the, the handful of nuts and cheese and the set combination of protein as well, you're just going to feel more satiated and more, it's going to feel, you're, you're going to just feel better. And, um, so it's just, those are, that's like empty calories that people sometimes, and it doesn't really fill you up. So then you end up eating more. So a lot of times people don't think about that. They think about, oh, that's a healthy choice, but it's really, you're, you want to try to incorporate foods that are rich in fiber because it expands in your stomach and you just feel full. Isn't that like feeling full, you know, that's a good feeling versus like the salty craving, but you're still hungry. Yes. There's, there's other topics that I want to discuss with you, but in the yeah. interest of time, um, I'm going to give you the floor is there anything that you want to uh, make sure that the audience knows about in your arena? And then how can they find you? Um, so I love, I, I, yeah, this, I think we're just scratching the surface here. So I, th- I really thank you for the opportunity, but um, uh, stress has been on my mind a lot because it's stress awareness month in April. And I know listeners might be listening to this, but May is mental health awareness. And so I think the one um I guess the one piece of information is that we, what, how you feel your body absolutely impacts. It can impact how um, you manage your stress as well as just anxiety and other mental health issues. So um, I just encourage people to think about that as one of their self-care strategies. Um, if it's not for weight loss or diet, like how can I be eating so that I take care of myself in a way to manage um, life's challenges and stress. And so I've been making a big push to share more about specific recipes, um, specific nutrition, mindset, and movement strategies. I call them master your mood. So I try to give really tactical ideas like levers that you can pull when you realize, man, I'm feeling blah, or I'm feeling super stressed out. So I've been trying to share a lot of very tactical strategies about how you um, can change this one way you're feeling and um, stress and anxiety are a, um, a really important topic to me. I, cause I, I deal with it. I think a lot of people deal with it. And the more and more research done around stress in particular, chronic stress um, is really not good for us. Um, it's, it's, it, it can really take some years off of our life. So um 
I'm just really passionate about uh, finding ways that you can use food to impact how you feel specifically when you're stressed and overwhelmed. So you can find that. Um, I've got a website called Food and Mood Lab, and I have a blog called Keep It Real Talk, and pretty much everything is there. And I'm also on Instagram, Keep It Real with Amy, uh, as well as Facebook. It's a Food and Mood with Amy. So it's all on the website, but uh, that's really where I'd, I'd go to find more information. Perfect. Yeah, I want to make sure they have the resources because I think you're right. We only scratched yeah. the surface. Surface. Who can't talk today? But. <laughs> Amy, it's been wonderful chatting with you. Thank you for letting me pick your brain and thank you for sharing all your wisdom with us. Appreciate the opportunity. It's great to talk to you. If you're not my-